if you're looking for a podcast to give you all the behind-the-scene details on the recent hearings in Congress about UFOs. Are they doing that again? Well, they did it last week. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, we're probably not the place to come for that kind of information. Then. Yeah, all the good stuff they said was classified. Oh. Of course. Mm. But yes, this is not where you want to come for that. This is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. marriage. Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, a podcast where a longtime married couple sits down each week taking turns selecting a movie, TV show, or documentary to watch we watch it together, and then we talk about it and share that discussion with you about why we either like it, love it, or loathe it. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. My latest review is Top Gun Maverick, and regular listeners to this show will probably think I don't much care for it. But I'll let you just figure that out for yourself when you read my review at StanTheMovieMan.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at MovieManStan. You can follow the podcast, at CT Marriage. You can get in touch with us by sending us an email, ComedyTragedyMarriage at gmail.com. And you can uh, send us a voice message just by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Joining me, as always, is my significantly significant... <laughs> Other half. That's good. Uh I like that. Um, This week I am Maud the Crop Circular Broad. Ah. Ah. It was my choice this week. And um, just sort of on a whim, in in part because Maud was was talking about how she'd watched M. Night Shyamalan's Old a little while back. And we got to talking about his movies and the ones we hadn't seen uh, and she said she hadn't seen um, Signs uh, and and I said well as I was scrolling through the stuff it was available to watch on Amazon Prime and so we watched M. Night Shyamalan's Signs um, it stars Mel Gibson, before we knew what sort of before, awful person he was. Before he lost his mind. Uh, also, Joaquin Phoenix, and a couple of very young actors, Rory Culkin and uh, Abigail Breslin. This is a movie from 2002, so it's celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. Oh, wow. Um, Look at you doing all the math. I know. You're so smart. I am. And it was... Um, uh, it, it's the story of um, Gibson's character called Graham, who, um, and we're told this little by little over the course of the movie, uh, he's a former uh, pastor, minister. minister. Yeah. He, uh, people in the public, his friends, uh, refer to him as father, and he tells them, I'm not... I'm don't not ca- in the church anymore. Yeah, don't, don't call, call me, me that anymore. Um, and we learn why. Uh, he lives with his uh, brother, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, who plays Merrill. Uh, and um, 
Gibson's two children, Morgan Hess, played by Rory Culkin, and Bo, played by Abigail Breslin. Who is just too cute to even be real. You just want to eat her with a spoon. She is. Um, Rory Culkin's creepy. <laughs> I mean, his character's not creepy. He's just a creepy-looking kid. Yeah, I, I said that all those Culkin kids sort of have that heroin chic thing about them. Just, Except without the chic part. Just Stepford and creepy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on. Um, and we learn over time where um, Graham's, Graham Hess's wife is. She's not in the movie much, and we find out why later on. Um, but there are crop circles appearing in uh, Graham's fields of corn. Uh, elaborate, uh, large crop circles. Uh, it makes the dogs go crazy. They bark um, just incessantly at apparently nothing. Um, and Graham thinks it's some neighborhood teenagers. And he contacts um, the local sheriff. Um, uh, Cherry Jones plays Carolyn Paskey, the uh, a local police officer. She's probably a sheriff. Um, and um, he tells her what he thinks is going on, but you know, there's really nothing she can do about it. Um, and then one night, uh, the dog, one of the dogs, they have two German Shepherd looking dogs, uh, one of them goes crazy and attacks his kids and um, uh, Rory Culkin's character just happens to have a uh, one of those forks like you use for a barbecue grill and the dog lands on the fork because it jumps on him yeah. and kills the dog. Um, and there are reports of other animals losing their minds um, in other parts of the community. And uh, nobody seems to understand what's going on. Uh, one night, uh, Graham, the Hess family, um, hears something outside walking around in their, um, uh, on their porch and whatever. So, um, the two senior Grahams go out. They're going to circle around the house in opposite directions and catch the person doing it, but that person then appears to jump on the roof and then jump down and run into the corn. Uh, we only see very brief glimpses of that. Yeah, humans can't move like this. No. Um, so, just so you know, we're going to spoil signs over the course of our discussion. Uh, it's a 20-year-old movie. So. Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, that's eh, really on you. It, 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 and it was on me. I hadn't seen it. Well, so. but now you have. I have. Uh, so, um, Graham's wife uh, was killed when she was walking um, on the street. Um, it, it's a very rural area. And the local vet who had been working like 14, 18 hours, fell asleep behind the wheel of his truck, and his truck veers into, um, uh, her name's Colleen, she's played by Patricia Callenberg, and pins her against a tree, essentially severing her 
from the middle down, from the pelvis down. And, but because of the pressure of the truck against her body, her blood is still circulating because her heart's still beating. So she is still somewhat conscious and um, and is able to talk to Graham before she dies. And she says things that don't seem to make a lot of sense. Um, she tells, uh, she says a couple of things about the kids. And then she says, um, tell Meryl to swing away. And then she dies. Yeah. Meryl has been a baseball phenom in yes. his younger days there in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. He uh, he has the record for the longest um, home, home run, run at their particular uh, park uh, from, I think, high school. Mm -hmm. 507 feet. Still got the bat hanging on the wall. But when he went to the minors, he... Um, Excuse me. Hmm. Uh, when he went to the minors, he hit a fair amount of home runs, but he also uh, struck out twice as many times as any other player in the league. So his his baseball career uh, pretty much ended early in the minors. Um, turns out that the crop circles are appearing not only at uh, the Hesse's uh, farm, but in countries all over the world and then these lights start appearing in the sky and it appears to be an alien invasion um, and then it's up to uh, Graham and Merrill to try to keep the kids safe um, and to um, you know hunker down and uh, just try to ride it out um, okay Okay. Okay. I told you before we watched it. Actually, I've, I'm sure I've told you numerous times that this movie is very good. It, it, um, it has... The first time I saw it, um, and I was watching it on TV, it, had a, it has a scare in it that actually made me jump. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> because the I'm like holy crap. Yeah. Um, the um, there's there's a period of of time where the camera is looking out at this what appears just to be like down an alleyway or down a driveway, mm -hmm. and it stays there for kind of a long time. And then the alien crosses across the, f the, the field of vision of the camera. Uh, it has been uh, somewhat camouflaged. Apparently, these aliens can, can Blend change into their, environment. Uh, their skin color. And uh, when that thing came out of the bush and walked across, that literally scared <laughs> me. The first time I saw it. I was expecting it this time, so it, it didn't have the same effect. And you said... Okay, pay attention pay, here. Pay close attention. I'm like, okay. Uh. I just assumed that you were on your phone, or I was not. Uh, and um, but yeah, I wanted you to to enjoy that. And you knew that I did when I said, "Holy crap!" <laughs> um, 
so th there's a great deal to to enjoy to to like about this movie. Uh, I think the performance of of Gibson is um, he's obviously been told to remain as calm and controlled as possible. Yeah, it's restrained. He he seems like he's almost going on automatic uh, for a lot of the movie. Well, I think that's part of his character's process of grief. Right. Um, and that sort of reserved, and because he's a former um, uh, preacher, uh, pastor, uh, whatever, um, <laughs> when he is supposed to let go, when they're supposed to be chasing what who they think are the boys around the house, mm -hmm. uh, the, the teenagers who made the crop circles, uh, and they're going to teach them a lesson. Meryl's going to kick some ass, and, and he tells he tells Graham to make some noise and curse at him and, and, you know, say crazy, act crazy, and he doesn't understand what he's supposed to do. Yeah. And he, he talks, he, he yells things that sound like somebody who does not know how to act crazy and to curse. Yeah. Um, there are other funny scenes in the film. The kids, I think, are hilarious. Uh, on a couple of different occasions. Yeah. Well, Abigail Breslin is just darling, and a lot of her line delivery is very deadpan mm -hmm. and very not what you would have... She looks to be about four. Really, really little. Mm -hmm. like, Definitely Like little, she's yeah. playing a four-year-old. Yeah. And... Uh, but a lot of her, her delivery is very deadpan, not what you would expect... Not what you would expect, and, and, and that's funny and charming. She's constantly asking for another glass of water. It's contaminated. She'll, yeah, she'll drink a little bit of it. She'll, it's contaminated. It tastes old. this one's got dust on top. This one's got a hair in it. Yeah. You know, it's, there's, there's something wrong with every glass of water, and there's like 20 glasses of water. Half glasses half of water. Half glasses of yeah. water sitting around the house. Which turns out to be important later on. Yes. The um, the whole movie is sort of built around um, the happy accident or coincidence or perhaps fate, uh, perhaps a guided fate, um, because certain things have to happen in order for future things to, to occur. Happen. Yeah. Like for instance, uh Rory Culkin's uh character has asthma. Mhm. Mm and that proves to be actually a protection later on. Yeah. Um and the uh, Abigail Breslin has bad feelings at times. So she may have some precognition mm -hmm. going on. And the things that um, Graham's wife says as she's dying become prophetic. Yeah, it makes sense. Later on. Uh, it, it sounds like gibberish at first, but at by the end of the movie, it all makes sense. Um, Father Graham... Mm -hmm. um, 
is so angry at God. Yes. Um, at at the the fact that his wife has been killed and th- that she dies the way she does, mm-hmm. um, leaving him with these two small children to finish raising. Um, his brother Merrill actually comes back and moves in into like the garage apartment mm-hmm. um, just to kind of help out for a while while the family kind of try to get back on their feet again because this is uh, her death is relatively recent it's like six months six or I eight think, months was the time yeah. frame um it, F- father graham not only leaves his post at the church but he loses his faith yes he he doesn't see um that he doesn't see why a benevolent God would allow his wife to die that way or at all. Um, he, he, he even expresses at time that, you know, he's talking, he hates God. He hates him for what he has done to his family and for what, um, his family's had to go through. Um, and you know, that, an alien invasion is just the uh, crap icing on the poop cake. I mean, <laughs> it's it's just, you know, yet another thing that he has to deal with that he thinks, you know, should be, you know, something God should handle. Um, so, um, it's, um, it is a very good movie right up until the end. If you haven't seen Signs and you want to, you can, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can watch it on there for no extra charge. You can rent it from all the places, so on and so forth. Okay, prepare yourself. We are going to spoil Signs in three, two, one. The aliens are allergic to water. It make it's like acid to them. Yeah. Melting. Melting. Well, you see, the witch knew that. What a world! What a world! So she was avoiding water pretty much all the time in the Wizard of Oz, but these aliens, they made a point, a point to come to a planet that surface is three quarters covered by water, where it rains. Water. It snows frozen water that eventually melts and turns into, say it with me, water. water. And you can't tell me, and, and there's there's water all over the universe. We, we, we see it in the moons of various uh, outer planets. Uh, you know, it's spewing out from some of them. Spew! Yeah. Um, there's, there's ice that is, uh, in the, uh, perpetually shaded floors of craters on the moon. Um, water is one of the most common chemicals in the universe. And they don't know they're allergic to water. This, this species of alien that has traveled across 
interstellar space. Can you hear me rolling my eyes right now? Look. Here's the thing. You've got to suspend disbelief all the way. Well, look. I, I, I gave him the swing away. I, I, I gave him, um, you know, the thing with the asthma. Like, his, the, his, the aliens will emit a gas, poisonous gas. But, and they're holding... Uh, his son with asthma, uh, one of them is, and he's um, he spews it with this gas. But because the boy's having an asthma attack, his lungs are closed, and he didn't get any. And of he the didn't get any alien of it. spew in his in right. his lungs because he has asthma. So, you know, he he starts. Uh, Graham starts to realize he had to have asthma in order for this alien attack to not kill him. Yeah, for him to survive. His wife had to have this accident for, in her last moments, for her to say, tell Meryl to swing away. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's all these things so all that of are... that, and, but it was the water that got you. I, I didn't, it's M. Night Shyamalan. All right? Yeah. I, I expect some woo-woo. <laughs> I am happy to accept the woo-woo from, from him when is, he does it right. Which not the wah-wah. <laughs> Good with the woo-woo, not so much with the wah-wah. Uh, I'm sorry. And, <sighs> and I suppose the water has to taste funky to the little girl in order for all these glasses of water to be sitting all over the house. So, so they can pour them on the alien, and the alien can go... Yeah. So you can sizzle and get these giant things on him. And Meryl's uh, bat has to be, has hanging, to on be hanging on the wall. Because, you know, a lot of places, there's just not a bat within arm's reach. Um, that was handy. Yes. But all of those things had to be in place exactly for years and years prior leading mm -hmm. up to this moment right but the aliens came to a planet that is covered in water and they're allergic to it it's like acid to them that makes no sense at all they should know this even if they come from a world where their chemistry works differently and, and they're not carbon-based and didn't require water to, to, to sprout life to evolve. Uh, they're, you know, whatever. Whatever doesn't work well with water uh, but is still soluble in some medium yeah. for them to, to, to evolve into this very intelligent, although aggressive, species Maybe they're not that smart. Well, you know, they they manage to come here in ships, so they have to understand something of science. You know, that's that's just gonna that sticks it, in your that craw. That is always going to be a problem for me. That these 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 creatures come to a planet covered in water and it's it burns them. I mean, on a humid day, they would probably burst into flames. I mean, you know how it gets here in the summertime. <laughs> and, you know, you can just, you can feel it just sort of clinging to you. Mm -hmm. 
and you can't ever you don't ever feel like you're dry. Yeah. And it's so and uh, you know, I'll I'll accept a, a a guy who's a, who is invulnerable to everything except water. Shyamalan's got something about water. <laughs> okay. I can I can I can live with that. I can I can comprehend that. Okay. Um, I can deal with a, 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 a little kid seeing dead people. I, that's a great movie. Mm. Um, I'm not a real big fan of The Village, and The Happening is so bad. Neither of which I've seen. Well, I will happily sit through them with you if you want to watch them, but the the twist on the village is sort of obvious from the get go. I don't think I've seen it. Who's and in it? Um, Adrian Brody. Um, no, I haven't seen it. Um, Opie's daughter. Um, <laughs> Bryce, Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard. Howard. <laughs> She's also in the Lady in the Water. The Lady in Water. Whatever that one's called. Again, water. Water. Um, water doesn't play a big role in uh, the village, um, and the happening is all about the trees trying to kill us. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> it's so bad. Someone was traumatized by the Wizard of Oz when he was a kid. I guess so. I I was sitting... those trees are creepy when you're little. Well, yeah. I, I was sitting in the theater when. The happening ended, and I said, and I don't normally do this, I said out loud, loud enough for the 14 people in the theater to hear me, what the hell was that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then this movie is so good, so good. Uh, Scary, uh, tense. Suspenseful. Uh, you care about the kids and and, and Meryl and Graham. You, you you're concerned. You know, unfortunately, you know, two dogs bite it in this one. Yeah, that's hard um, for me. And um, and Shyamalan has his cameo. He always has to write himself apart in pretty much every movie he makes. And he plays the guy. The, 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 the vet veterinarian who... that fell asleep and hit Graham's wife. Mowed her down like bowling pins. And Graham appears to be less angry at him than he is at God. Especially near the end when Ray, that's his character's name, uh, calls Graham, but he gets cut off because there's an alien in his house. Yeah. Um... And he, he's packed up his truck and he's just sitting there for whatever reason, not moving. But Graham comes up to him and says, you know, you all right? And, and he, Ray has this uh, long scene of apology. Um, and then he says, and Graham's like, he appreciates the apology. Yeah. Um, and then he says, and don't open my pantry. There's one of them in there. It's like, he drops that little nugget right there at yeah. the end. 
so there's like I said I like this movie a lot until we get to the end I have prattled on long enough <laughs> tell me what you think of the movie in general and the ending specifically I enjoyed the movie in general. Mm -hmm. I found it to be engaging and suspenseful. Mm -hmm. I did care about the characters. Love Joaquin Phoenix, so mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. that's a plus for me right there. Um, Mel Gibson's performance was strong and stoic and restrained, so um, kudos on that for him. Um, the children are adorable, kind of Stepford and creepy in um, in Rory Culkin's case, but that actually that quality about him lent itself well to the character he mm -hmm. was playing. So um, that all all of that stuff worked for me. Mm -hmm. um, the end actually for me um, was a kind of a beautiful point of redemption because Mel Gibson has this moment of realization that all of these dominoes have had to be lined up just so in order for them to survive this alien attack and he ends up returning to his faith and returning to the church and so for me that was a beautiful point of redemption um, so it it worked for me the water did not bug me near like it does you apparently um so yeah okay maybe you didn't hear me there was <laughs> they come to these aliens come to a planet that's covered in, in water, water in water and it, water it dissolves them. in the air yeah and 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 it runs in streams and it collects in ponds and lakes and it's very bad for them and it kills them i that's good that's good. They were able to spew water all over the aliens and survive the thing. So just let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. Let you beep 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 But have you considered I have and I don't care. All right. So we should probably take a break and then rate it mm -hmm. and then talk about some other stuff we've watched, okay? Okay. Okay. So we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We are discussing M. Night Shyamalan's Signs from 2002. I have stated my case, and yet all the facts are being ignored. <laughs> I am unmoved. All the facts are not being ignored. Um, the movie has a 74 on Rotten Tomatoes, but it has a 59 on Metacritic. Hmm. Uh, and audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film a B on an A plus hmm. to F scale. Roger Ebert loved the movie, gave it four stars out of four, hmm. uh, and he is able, he says he's able to, uh, M. Night Shyamalan is able to summon suspension out of thin air when it's over. We think not how little has been decided, but how much has been experienced. Hmm. Um, well put, Roger. Well put. 
Mike LaSalle, however, of the San Francisco Chronicle, gave the film one star out of four, thinking that the film had few thoughts and no thrills. Uh, uh, Did he see the alien come into the frame? Uh, uh, from Variety, Todd McCarthy criticized the film for its lack of originality, writing, After the overwrought Unbreakable and the now meager Signs, it's fair to speculate whether uh, Shyamalan's persistence in replicating the otherworldly formula of the sixth sense might not be a futile and self-defeating exercise. And A.O. Scott of the New York Times said Mr. Shyamalan is undone by his pretensions. And the theme of paternal grief is articulated here with a heavy-handed, incoherent sentimentality that smothers real emotion. Oh, please. Some of these boys are... In love with the sound of their own typewriter keys. Words to that effect. Whatever. Um, the movie... Uh, was made for $72 million. Okay. Worldwide, it grossed 408.2. Decent. So that's that's pretty good. It's, uh, I believe, one of his bigger moneymakers. Uh, so, having given you all of the science-based <laughs> evidence oh. I have. Wah, 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 wah. I am not one of Charlie Brown's teachers. Give me your rating for M. Night Shyamalan's Signs. I liked it. I will give it four and a half blazing, burning stalks of corn. Now, had the ending not been what it was... <laughs> I would, you know, the... You would um, be five corns up if the, the water thing hadn't happened. If, if the um, the vehicle by which the aliens were defeated was not water, yes, I would have given it four blazing corn stalks. Out As of four? Is, out of, I mean, f I mean, five blazing corn stalks out of five. As it is... I'm going to go three and a half. Boy, that really... The water is making you ding it pretty hard. It grinds my gears. It is... Um, it's just... It's it, To me, it's ridiculous. It is. It's just dumb. Yeah, the rest of it's so plausible. <laughs> like I said... You expect some woo-woo. I woo expect woo. woo from M. Night Shyamalan, but the wah-wah was a problem. Okay. okay. So, all right. I respect your feelings. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that is signs uh, for this week. Tell me, what have you been watching? Well, I wasted a lot of time on a five parts of at least six... <laughs> Um, of it, it's a series that was originally done by A&E in mm -hmm. 2017 called The Murder of Lacey Peterson. Um, this was a huge case mm -hmm. back in 2002, 2003, 2004. 
um, beautiful Modesto, California, eight-month pregnant um, Lacey Peterson goes walking her dog Christmas Eve morning and um, disappears. The dog is found with his leash and collar still attached, but no pregnant lady walking him. So a neighbor puts the dog back in the yard and they don't think anything else about it. Um, Good-looking husband Scott Peterson, who is all right. He's who is found to be a philandering piece of crap, um, is um, fairly quickly zeroed in upon as a person of interest mm-hmm. in her disappearance. Mm-hmm. She was found later. Um, her torso actually was found later in San Francisco Bay. The baby was found separate from her. Um, I think the baby was found first, like just by a few hours. Don't remember. I know that they were they. The baby was not inside Mama anymore. Right. And they said that the baby's body was fairly well preserved for having been weeks and weeks in the water. Um, I'm I'm not sure if he was contained still within the amniotic sac what the deal was and that's a lot of scientific gross stuff that we don't really need to talk about but um i watched the first five parts of this and we get a lot of um, courtroom footage we get interview footage from the police station with um peterson talking to the cops and we have a lot of um interview footage from both back in the day and closer to time when the special was being produced um, from his family and his family mostly. Um, Parts one through five were basically a rehash of the story and a lot of news footage and that kind of thing. And um, I remember being on a Vegas trip. Yep. And something really big in that story broke it was either the verdict they found her they when they found her body yeah okay um yeah Yeah. um so i i do remember that anyway um parts one through five are from the disappearance through the murder through the trial through the verdict and then part six was where they start talking about um, his appeal. And at that point, I'm like, I don't care. He's in jail. I think he should stay there. So I'm not watching this anymore. So I didn't watch it anymore. But I, I streamed it on Hulu. What what I paid attention to of it, um, and I'm probably wrong, so please correct me, but it seemed like they were approaching this from the point of view that maybe Scott Peterson didn't do it. That, you know, they had his defense attorney and they had a private investigator and, uh, of course, all his family thinks he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, or didn't when this was made five years ago. Um, and, you know, all, you know, a lot of the people on his side of... Uh, the story saying that there's a bunch of stuff the police didn't pay any attention to Uh or wasn't uh, entered into evidence. Uh, There are a couple of witnesses who say they saw or heard 
something about uh, a couple of guys yelling at Lacey about, you know, telling her to shut up or whatever. The, the, from the burglary across the street? Uh, I thought this was when she was walking her dog. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but it struck me from what I saw, and granted, I didn't see as much of it as you did, that it, it they appeared to be coming at it from the angle, at least the people making the documentary are coming at it from the angle that maybe there's a possibility that Scott didn't do it. I think Did that's, you get that? I think that's a fair assessment. Okay. And when they started, you know, episode six was starting to talk about his family and you know the appeals process and we were gonna get you out of jail i'm like uh, i'm done <laughs> well and his death sentence was commuted to life yeah they decided they weren't gonna fry him after all which whatever either that or his sentencing hearing was appealed and they sent it back to the court so they just sentenced him to life yeah whatever something like that but it, yeah anyway i'm that and was granted, there's from what I recall of the case, there's not a whole lot of concrete evidence that attack that connects him to her death. Other than him saying, "I went fishing in that bay," not long after she went missing. Well, and him telling his mistress prior to her disappearance that, yeah, this is going to be my first holidays without my wife. Yes. That's bad. That's damning. Unless he was lying to her, his intention was to say, you know, we she either died sometime you know he's lying to her about her not being in the picture anymore either because she died or because they're divorced um the implication was that he was a widower yeah yeah, yeah. that's bad that yes that is certainly and, bad you know and she she hadn't even disappeared yet but whatever and they they had some sort of search dog that they brought in who yeah the cadaver dog was um suspect at best yeah. and you know i and I, I seem to recall there being a pair of pliers with a hair that they think was lacy's in the boat in the boat or in the warehouse i don't remember where yeah. there's not a whole lot the the thing that is the most damning in his trial is his affair um, and the recordings of the conversations that he had with Amber Fry once she came forward and said, I, I've been dating this guy. I didn't know he was married. Mm -hmm. This is creepy. And mm -hmm. so she started working with the police. Right. But he never said in the tapes, yeah, I killed her and threw her overboard into the bay. No. Uh, so... I think he did it. He's the only one who has any reason to have done it. Mm -hmm. The random stranger theory doesn't work for me. So, yeah. you know, it's... And when... I, every time I walked by you for a couple of days, you were watching it. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like, how long is this thing? I know. <laughs> well, I plowed through five parts. Yeah. And then they were like, we're going to have a 
his family was like, we're going to have a spa weekend. Scott Peterson appeal. I'm like, I'm tapping out. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call the. That's what they called their little group who was working to spa. try to get him Scott out. Scott Peterson appeal. Yeah, Scott Peterson appeal. Um, no. Uh, you know, Maud was saying, STN, screw that noise. <laughs> I'm out. So uh, that that was where I spent the biggest part of my time. Yeah. Uh, obviously, last week was the series finale of This Is Us, and I'm still not well. Mm. Um, you and I also plowed through the last remaining episodes that we had not viewed yet of Grace and Frankie yep. all the way up to, to the end, and mm-hmm. I'm still not well. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's it's um it's been a very emotionally draining week. Yes, um, Grace and Frankie is not the smartest or more in, most insightful sitcom you'll ever watch, but that gone, it was consistently funny with consistently good people on it, mm. um, and you know the jokes may not have been thinkers. Uh, and then you laughed. They were just stupid jokes, just very plain and simple jokes. And I have enjoyed all seven seasons. Yeah, of Grace it's and just entertaining TV. It and, is, and it's kind of you're watching some legends do their thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. you know that's worth something. Yeah, and the the supporting cast is all great, and the guest stars are all great. So. Yeah, if you haven't invested the time in Grace and Frankie, it's not like there's 26 episodes per season, yeah. like in the old TV days. Uh, it's like 13, 14 maybe, uh, 12, somewhere around in there. So it won't take you very long to get through all of Grace and Frankie. It's Netflix, right? Yes. Uh, it is actually Netflix's longest running show. Yeah. Original show. Yeah. So, yeah, check that out on Netflix, Grace and Frankie. Anything else from you? Um, just what, what I've watched with you. Uh, you, and I, well, you and I watched Lord Lucan, My Husband, The Truth. Oh, dreadful. Yeah, dreadful. terribly sorry. Dastardly business, that. Yes, uh, Lord Lucan was a uh, member of the British aristocracy who had a gambling problem. Um, he got married, uh, he didn't really have any job or means of income other than gambling, and he wasn't very good at it, um, and he and his wife, after several years and, and some children, um, just, they were separating, and he was claiming she was mentally unfit, and had a doctor that was feeding her pills, um, and things were starting to turn around for Lady Lucan. Um, and then he shows up and murders the nanny, which some th- people think is was a mistake. He thought it was her. Mm. Has a lead pipe, and he beats her head in with it. Yeah. And, and then he tries to, to kill his wife. Yeah. And through various... You know, he grabs his, you know, honeymoon tackle and um, hurts him a little bit and 
finally is able to talk him down, even though it's clear that he's going to try to kill her again with sleeping pills mm-hmm. and probably a pillow over the face. But she's able to escape the house. He ran off and was never seen again. Um, and this documentary is uh, is on Freevee, what used to be IMDb TV, uh, which has its own app, and you can also get it through Amazon Prime. I think I had seen this before without you, and then we watched it together the other it's night. It's not very long. It's like an hour. I think it's 45 minutes plus commercials. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, commercials on Freebie, so that's why it's free. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a twisted, sick story, and not only is Lord Lucan an SOB, but his wife is totally messed up. Oh, they're, yeah, the years of dope clearly have altered her in her old age. Well, I'm not sure it's even that. Um you know, the people who come from the higher echelons of Britain's society. The ones that are also inbred anyway? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was crude. There's a certain amount of detachment, and they just don't get how life works. Yeah. And her three children have had nothing to do with her for 35 years. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, it's no big deal. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just bizarre. Yeah. Um, I mean, she, she tells the story. She's not terribly emotional about it. But, you know, stiff upper lip and all, you know. Uh, very, very British. And, and then she says some things that are like, well, that's, that is an odd take for, for that. So... If you get a chance to watch it, I you know it's a true crime story um, that is still open ended. We as, it is assumed that Lord Lucan killed himself, but um, we don't know for sure, and yeah. nobody was ever found. So that is called Lord Lucan, My Husband, The Truth. It is on Freebie, also on Freebie, which I enjoyed so much was. The Aristocrats. <laughs> it is a documentary oh, gosh. about a legendary joke that is has a very simple premise, uh, but the middle of the joke is where all the creativity comes from. And by creativity, we mean filth. Filth, yes. Filth, depravity... Uh, um, Every taboo broken that you can break. And the joke starts like this. A guy walks into a talent agent's office and says, I've got a family act I'd like to for you to represent us. And then the agent goes, all right, well, what what kind of act is it? And that's when the creativity starts. Yeah, that's when the ball starts to roll. And uh, this documentary is filled with comics that you know and love that some of them have unfortunately passed on yeah um and um people you've never heard of but who are tangentially associated with comedy and they all know or have heard this joke 
and some of them tell their version of the joke. Bob Saget is a filthy mofo. <laughs> yeah, and God his, rest his soul. His, God rest his soul. And his telling of the aristocrats was just almost the dirtiest one there was. And there's also film of the late, great Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, my gosh. At a, a friar's roast. For Hugh Hefner. For Hugh Hefner, like three weeks after 9-11. And everybody wasn't sure what they could say, how far they could go. And Gilbert was famously fearless yeah. about that kind of thing. And he told some jokes that got some oohs and ahs and boos from the audience. One of which I think was... He was very concerned because his flight to L.A. had a layover at the Empire State Building. Again, yeah. this is three weeks after 9-11. A, a little tone deaf on that one. Well, yeah. But also, it, those jokes were going to start eventually anyway. Yeah. He was just testing out the material. Yeah. See if he could get away with it. And then he said, all right, you don't like that. Here's this joke, and he, he does the aristocrats. Guy walks into a talent agent's yeah, office. Yeah, and it, you can imagine, if you know who Gilbert Gottfried is, that voice, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs. Rob Schneider could not stay in his chair. He, he was, was falling literally on the floor. Exactly, and, and Gilbert would look over at him and go, did you miss anything? Do I need to repeat any of it for you? <laughs> And he finally gets through with the joke and gives the punchline. The aristocrats. And the place boils over. Yes, even though everybody in that audience likely knew. Where it was going. And, and the joke is, on its face, not funny. I mean, you've described all this filthy stuff. The, uh, the incest and the, and the uh, bestiality and all the, the pedophilia. Bodily, all of the bodily functions. Various bodily fluids that are involved. And then at the end, the, um, the agent says, well, what do you call that act? And he, that's when you say, the aristocrats. The aristocrats usually with some kind with of some flourish. Sort of flourish, yes. Um, and... And the way Gilbert tells it is, and under the circumstances, he owned that room. Oh, yeah. And there are a couple of other tellings of it that are very funny. Saget does a great job oh, of his. Um, and um, Drew Carey, <laughs> he's the one that does the flare yes. with the snap of the fingers like he's like doing the cha-cha. Like a flamenco dancer, yeah. Uh, and... Um, and there are other slight variations on the joke that they talk about. And if you don't have a problem with foul language and the crudest level of crude that there is, I highly recommend you watch The Aristocrats. You, see you can some, see it. You see some comedic legends yes, doing their thing. Many of whom have gone yeah. on to the other side, but... My goodness, that is that was funny, and I enjoyed the heck out of it. And that is also on Freebie. You can you can probably rent it other places, but uh, Freebie you can watch it with commercials. And uh, we watched speaking of comedy, the um, the Hall, mm. um, which was uh, a um, 
Comedy Hall of Fame started by Netflix, and they are they inducted their first class. That was George Carlin, um, also um, Joan Rivers, Robin Williams, and Richard Pryor. And they had comedians come out and you know sort of give their, their biographies and intros, yeah. And then they started. Uh, they would show some clips from those four comics. Uh, they also had an in memoriam for the comics that had recently died: Norm Macdonald, um, Louis, Anderson, Louis Anderson, Bob Saget, Saget and also Gilbert, uh, Godfrey. Gilbert Gottfried. So um, it's it, it's in that regard bittersweet. But seeing those guys do their bits. Um, you know, those four that were inducted were the peak of the comedy mountain. So uh, it, it's a lot of fun, um, and that is called uh, The Hall, um, and it's on Netflix. And finally, um, I watched Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. The first two episodes dropped on Friday. It is the events that occur after Revenge of the Sith, Episode 3, where Kenobi goes to Tatooine, and he's supposed to be there to watch after uh, Luke, young Luke. Um, but there are Inquisitors who are hunting what remains of the Jedi, and um, turns out he has, there's some... A uh, very personal grudge one of the Inquisitors has with um, ha has with Obi Wan, and and then it turns into this road trip because um, the young Princess Leia gets kidnapped, um, and uh, Bail Organa, her adoptive father, uh, contacts Obi Wan and begs him to. Um, come and, and find her and I think that's what the rest of this season is going to be is the trying to get Leia back safely to um, Alderaan okay. and with her family but I enjoyed the first two episodes I'm looking forward to what they do with the rest of it that is on Disney Plus anything else? no okay well uh, that'll take care of it for this week next week it is your uh, turn mm -hmm. to select a film and um, so we'll all be surprised when we find out what that is because you probably don't have any idea right now I have a few perking oh. but right. well uh, thank you for listening to Comedy Tragedy Marriage you can find us on Apple Podcasts and all of the other places please subscribe, rate, review and uh, share us with your friends on social media you can follow me on Twitter at Movie Man Stan. Follow the podcast at CT Marriage. And if you want to send us a, an idea for something that we should watch, send it to us at ComedyTragedyMarriage at gmail.com. That's Maud the Movie Broad. I'm Stan the Movie Man. Love you. Love you. And until next time. Later. later. Yay!